Okay, we're gonna use this little prop in just a few minutes, but it's gonna sit down here and make you happy. Isn't that kind of cute? Um, yes, I am thrilled to be here. Um, as said, my name is Vicki Hernandez, and River Valley, Apple Valley is my home from many, many years ago. My husband and I started here in 2008. Anyone else that long? A couple, yes, praise God. And uh, praise God, my um, husband found Lord Jesus as his Lord and Savior right here in this auditorium and changed the trajectory of our whole family. And so be praying for your husbands if they don't know the Lord yet. He listens and he wants them to follow him as well. And I've been on staff for about seven years um, in a couple different roles. And most recently, I get to be the Connections Pastor at our city campus which is a whole different demographic than this, and we love it up there. And then I'm so proud of this campus specifically. I get to oversee Serve Our Community for all of River Valley Church, and you guys are leading the way at Apple Valley Sisterhood, so thank you for signing up for Feed My Serving Children. You're going to make a difference around the world for sure. Um, a little bit about my family. My husband is Lou. We've been married 20, it'll be 24 years in May. And we have a daughter who was married last summer, Addie and Hunter, and we love them dearly. And then we have a middle son, Colby. He's just recently engaged. They, him and his uh, fiance, Grace, attend the Shakopee campus. And then my son, Jace, is the really tall guy on Sundays that's 18 years old, senior in high school, and does facilities. So shout out to Jace. He is absolutely awesome as well. So I'm excited to share with you today about integrity. And it's kind of a, it's a big word, and we all know what it means, but sometimes it's really hard to identify it. And so I, I first thought of a couple stories that are a little humorous, aren't quite integrity, but maybe misleading, or when you feel deceived about something. So last um, year, right about this time, my husband and I, we were at the city campus, and we were serving at uh, Freedom Works. Were you with us that time? Anybody? No, I'm here. We were having a great time, and then we said, what should we have for lunch? And weirdly, I was like, I don't know, a hot dog sounds kind of good. Any hot dog lovers? Oh, I got a bad hot dog face. <laughs> I mean, there, it's like a good hot dog. I don't know. It's like a guilty pleasure or something. And so we quick typed in my phone, hot dogs. And surprisingly enough, one popped up on the Google search, and it was like just a couple miles away. We thought, well, let's drive there. Let's go get a hot dog. And so we're driving along, and we're, like, pulling into a neighborhood, and we thought, okay, how is this going to become, like, a restaurant all of a sudden? And then it goes, ding, you've arrived. And we're like, where, where's the hot dog stand? And so then we pulled it open further, and here, at one time, a little boy did a fundraiser with hot dogs from his house, and he had a Yelp review Five out of five stars, great hot dog joint. And <laughs> we thought, okay, that's not what we were expecting to see or receive. And, you know, we could laugh about it because it was pretty innocent. And we found an amazing fish, fish fry place that we went to instead that we'll probably go to this year again. And then I thought, how many of you have ever fallen into the Instagram buyer's club anybody something pops up and you're like that's so cute and then it keeps popping up and it's under a different name and now it's from a different seller and different colors and 
Anyways, um, if we could show the slide of this really cute bag, you make me smile bag. And I thought, oh my gosh, I need this bag to carry my laptop and all my things. And doesn't that look kind of like a hefty size bag? All right, here is my bag. <laughs> it's a little bit smaller than I imagined. I, I mean, I have my Bible in there and a water and some glasses, but it's quite not the size as what was advertised. And you feel kind of let down. You're like, that's, that's not what you told me you were selling. That, you know, there's even like 400 and some five-star reviews. I thought, did I, am I the only one that got gypped, or did everybody get gypped from the You Make Me Smile bag? And here's the thing. God wants us to be credible. He wants us to be reliable. He wants us to be the same on the outside as the inside. What we say we are, we want to be on the inside. And we're, today we're going to be talking about a, a credible man named Job. Let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father God, we thank you. We thank you that we get to come together as women, daughters of the Most High King. I thank you, God, that your word teaches us that you are the perfect example of greatness, of integrity. You do what you say you're going to do. You hold true to your promises and your word. You are steadfast. God, may we be more like you. I pray that these words are yours, God. Use me so we can all look a little bit more like Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to dive into who is Job. And if you look too quickly at your notes, you might say Job. But we're going to say Job today. And if I say it out loud, then I'm going to say it. So Job was a good man. He was righteous. But God gave Satan permission to take away Job's blessings. Job experienced incredible pain and suffering. Satan challenged God to allow him to test Job's integrity. God gave Satan permission to take everything but Job's own life. All of Job's uh, possessions were stolen or destroyed, and all of his children died on one day. You can find this reference in Job 1, 13 through 19. Would Job remain righteous when everything was stripped away? He responded by tearing his robe, which is symbolic of internal pain, and shaving his head, which is symbolic of losing one's self-worth. Job then cried out, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Job 1.21 Wow. After losing everything, it says he praised the Lord. Job acknowledged God's sovereignty. Because God was the one who was in control, Job would trust God, even though he lost everything. His trust and commitment to God were not based on what God had given him, 
but on, God, on who God is. God's word tells us that through all of Job's trials, he never accused God of doing anything wrong. Job remained righteous and continued to follow God's moral code. When we look at the definition of integrity in Webster's Dictionary, it says a firm adherence to a code of especially moral or artistic values, incorruptibility. Job displayed integrity through his commitment to God. He was a man of integrity. But more importantly, God is a man of integrity. The Bible tells us that God is never changing. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is faithful, trustworthy, true, and loyal. He can be counted on. And every word can be counted on. As a God of integrity, he desires each one of us to be of integrity. Integrity is wholeness. Integrity is a godlike life of consistency and sincerity with no deception or pretense. Integrity's overriding quality is wholeness. In fact, the word integrity, integrity is derived from the root word integer, which literally means whole. In other words, no discrepancy exists between one's public life and one's private life. People of integrity have nothing to hide and nothing to fear. Integrity is not a reputation, what someone might think of us. It's not what we accomplish through our successes. It embodies our sum total of our beings and our actions. Integrity is something we, we don't have, but something we are. It inevitably shows itself in what we do and what we say. Integrity is needed because people are watching us. They're doing that Yelp review on us. They're giving us the five-star rating. And oftentimes, Christians get a bad rap because we don't follow through with what we say or what people perceive from the outside doesn't line up with what they've experienced, how we treat them in something. Our theme verse today is Job 2.2 from the Amplified Version. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered and reflected on my servant Job? For there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God with reverence and abstains from and turns away from evil because he honors God. And still he maintains and holds tightly to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. That verse, if you caught it, is a whole chapter after Job's life was turned upside down. After he lost everything with no explanation, including his children, he was still accounted for for being upright and full of integrity. 
I'm challenged <laughs> to be like Job. When he was experiencing trials and tribulations in his life, he continued his integrity with the Lord. In handling relationships, we need to keep our integrity rather than act on our human emotions or operate from a place of offense. And this posture, whether we like it or not, again, is what oftentimes people are judging us by. I remember uh, one of my global teams that I went on, shout out to global teams. Whoop, whoop, they're the best. Um, we were traveling to India, and they were just giving us some advice on how to talk to people and introduce ourselves. 99% Muslim in India. There's not many Christians walking around. And they said, please do not call yourself a Christian. They think you're fake. See, in other cultures and other religions, what their word says, they follow. Very strictly. Maybe so strictly it's like, ah, that's a little tough. <laughs> a lot of law, not a lot of love. They said, you could use something like, I'm trying my best to follow Jesus Christ. And I thought, well, that's true. I can do that. But I think as a group of women, we can together bring back the strength of the word being a Christian is. But it's only by what we do and how we treat others. As we practice integrity, it produces honor, truth, and reliability. It will allow one to keep her word and do the best even when no one else is aware. No cheating on your diet. <laughs> this is essential for deeper relationships and, of course, for developing people's confidence in Christianity. Our virtue of integrity helps us better serve and love God, care for people, and represent God well. We're going to talk through three points. There's so many different ways we could talk about integrity. But the first one is that we must consistently walk in uprightness, also known as the shepherd's way. We know the shepherd is our good father, and we want to be like him. Psalm 25, 21 says, May integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you. In one of those first scriptures that we read, it talked about Job was blameless. And I think there's probably not one of us in this room that could actually say I'm blameless. Someone has had a bad encounter with me. I maybe was hangry the one night and I wasn't super nice with my family. Um, someone has seen me not be the best version of myself. We're all human and we all fall short. But we can say we are blameless because of the work Christ did on the cross. We are forgiven because of Jesus Christ. Don't miss this message of David, though, the author of the psalm that we just read. A true believer is one who is working to consistently live by what they say and what they believe. 
They are not merely professing faith, faith. They are trying to walk by faith in every moment of every day. This is uprightness. Integrity is about who we are on the inside more than what we portray to those on the outside. It's doing good when no one else is looking. Integrity is best described by how it's fleshed out in our lives. Here's a few short little examples that I think as women, we can raise to a challenge. It's about keeping our word even when it hurts. Have you ever overcommitted? <laughs> Anybody? Please. Right? Oh, that's a great idea. We should do that. And then you get to the week and you realize you've given up your whole week. And you don't even know how you're going to, like, make food for someone at your own house. And the easiest thing is to think about yourself in the moment and cancel. And maybe make up a little fib. I'm so sorry. I'm down with the flu. And then you post on Facebook that you're shopping. Someone needed you in that moment. They were counting on you to do what you were saying you were going to do. It's about being honest in all of our dealings. That nasty word, the IRS, it's that time of year. Are you honest in your tax return? Are you honest about how long you wore an article of clothing that you're trying to return? I was at Walmart, that's always a fun, ex fun excursion. And I was at the customer service. And someone had this large flat screen TV. I gotta return this, it was broken in the box. And from watching this, I think this might happen often enough, <laughs> where the lady said, oh sure, let's take it out of the box and we'll make sure the serial number matches that on the box. And the guy said, you know what, it, no problem, no problem, it's all right. And he walked away without the broken TV. Ah, we just need to be honest in the littlest of things. As women, let's practice morality in both our bodies and our mind. What are you saying about yourself when your child takes a picture of you? Oh, that's a horrible picture of me. That's a horrible picture. Delete it. And they maybe just were like, that's my beautiful mom. We need to speak truth or nothing at all. Job says, as long as my breath is in me, my lips will not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. My righteousness I hold fast and I will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach, reproach me as long as I live. Job 27, three through six. David says the person of integrity is one who lives consistently with God's standards. There are people who do what is right rather than just talking about what is right. As I was preparing this message, you know, you kind of start wandering on Google and get off on these little rabbit trails, and it's really fun. 
And I came across this story or example that in biblical times when potters were making a pot, right, it's a little different process, you know, 2,000 years ago, and they would put their, you know, they'd form their pot all out of clay and they'd put it in the wood-burning stove, but oftentimes that stove didn't heat to the right temperatures or it was inconsistent. I'm sure they had to put more logs on or, you know, forgot all the things. And so sometimes those pots would have cracks in them. And because he wanted to be a man with integrity, he literally would just break the whole pot and start over. Well, someone came along the way and was like, man, that doesn't seem very cost effective. That doesn't seem very efficient. So people figured out that if, you, if that crack was in the pot, you could just put wax in the cracks and paint over it, put it back in, glaze it, and no one would know that there was a crack in the pot. So someone would come along, buy the pot, take it home, use it a few times, and after some wear and tear of the pot, when a hot element would go inside of it, guess what would reveal itself? The cracks. That person then felt deceived, like my hot dog situation. I was just looking for a hot dog. And it wasn't truth. It wasn't there. And so there was this stamp that potters would put on their pot when it was whole. Remember we talked about being of integrity is wholeness. They would literally stamp on the pot without wax. And the buyer would then know the pot is whole and full of integrity. And I kind of thought, that'd be kind of a cool tattoo, without wax. <laughs> Any other tattoo junkies in the building? Not many. There's a few of us. It's almost impossible, ladies, for us to not have a crack and to be without wax. But could we be so vulnerable and so humble to stamp cracked with wax? Love me anyways. Just be honest when you're failing. If you overcommit to your friend, say you overcommitted, can we reschedule? That will get you further along than fibbing and getting caught later. We need to be women who walk in uprightness. Use godly speech all the time. Speak your truth from a sincere place in your heart. Be trustworthy even when it hurts. How many moms do we have in the room? Oh my goodness, so many of you have been blessed. Follow through with disciplines with your children. It's hard. We recently told a story. I'm sure Jason's going to love that I'm telling you a part of this. At the age of 14, he just, we learned he couldn't handle a phone. He had made some decisions on his phone that we did not want him to stay crippled by. And so that phone charged in the kitchen every night from 10 p.m. on till he was 18 years old. Four years. <laughs> Because we told them, when it happened at 14, when you're an adult, then you can make your own choices. 
but until you're in our home, we're going to help you stay safe. Do you know how many times he asked us to please change our mind and not follow through? But we were hoping we would teach him that what we say, we say, and that's what we mean, and that's what we do. It's tough. Our second area as we pursue integrity is we must keep away from pride and greed. It's about admitting mistakes and doing what's necessary to make them right. When we walk in integrity and we try our best, Scripture tells us God then is our shield. Proverbs 2.7, he holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk, whose walk is blameless. You don't have to do this alone. He is your strength and your shield. Now that doesn't mean you should like just know you have a shield and then self-destruct knowing God will <laughs> protect you in the end. But stay away from areas where you are prideful or full of greed. Sh shield, the word shield in Hebrew, literally means defender. The word is Megan. God then acts as our personal security and our safety, but it's hand in hand. I believe he puts that shield up even stronger as he says, good job, girl. I saw you trying to be full of integrity. Let me protect you. In 2 Corinthians 1.12, Paul says, this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world, especially in our relations with you, in the holiness and sincerity that are from God. Never consider yourself above temptation, friends. Just don't go there. Like with my son, Jace, let's, let's just not even have your phone. That seems to be a place of temptation. If you're struggling with things that you're eating, ask someone to help you. Stay away from the temptation. If your eyes have wandered onto a website, ask someone to put a password on your phone so you never look again. Stay away from temptation. Keep, keep a close watch on your spiritual temperature. Right now, you guys are all at a perfect temperature degree, right? You're at sisterhood. You're doing it. Good spiritual temperature. How are you doing when you get home? Are you in the word every single day? Are you getting back here on Sunday or your own church, wherever you like to attend? Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of your life. Maintaining your daily walk with the Lord is so imperative. God knows all things, and he is ever-present. He knows what you're doing. He knows what I'm doing. He sees what I'm doing. He is with me, and he's willing to be my shield as long as I'm trying my best. Guard your minds, ladies. Close your, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Take on that helmet of salvation, which protects your mind. Make yourself slow down and examine what you're doing. 
find like sometimes when I'm the weakest is when I respond too quickly. Anyone else feel that way? And then the hindsight is like, oh, man, if I would have just not hit send on that text message. Or if I would have just walked away and said, you know, can I just have a minute to think? I'll be back. My first response is usually not my lasting reaction. So give some time and space to yourself so you don't overreact. Oftentimes when we act too quickly, that's where that fear determines how we respond. Fear of failure, fear of how I look, a prideful attitude that says I'm worried about what people think about me. But if I pause and say, God, I need your shield right now, I'm putting on that helmet of salvation, things go a little bit better. I'm a little bit more, I'm cracked up, no wax, but you still love me. Our third way to stay full of integrity is avoid temptations of the enemy. They kind of blur together. Don't put yourself in situations where you're going to be tempted. 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion for someone looking for someone to devour. Alcohol usage, usage compromises your ability to be sober-minded. Be careful. <laughs> be careful. Sugar affects how we react to things. Not enough sleep. Not getting enough steps in. All of these things are perfect territory for the enemy to pounce in and cause us to trip up. Let's be women who refuse to gossip. Don't speak any harm of anyone ever. That's a challenge. But gossip and harmful speech destroys the testimony of our church, the big church. We want to advertise that we're a place of grace. We confess that this is a place of sinful people, all just trying our best to get more like Jesus Christ. We admit that there's no one more righteous than Jesus Christ. And instead of giving people the benefit of the doubt, we oftentimes criticize or cast judgment. Speak ill of someone when they're not around. And quickly have to backpedal if they walk in the room. Let's not be that way. Chuck Wendall gives five simple gates to ask yourself for every conversation if we want to speak with integrity. Gate one is, is it confidential? If so, never mention it. Gate two, is it true? What you're going to share, is it true? Well, you might have to do some investigation, which then causes you to take that pause. Gate three, is it necessary to share? So many words are useless. Someone says, will you pray for my sister? 
do you need all the details? Nope, God does. Gate four, is it kind? Does it serve a wholesome purpose? And gate five, if you ever have to say, you know, I really shouldn't say this, then don't. Just don't. You don't have to say it. We want to be people with godly values that are guarding what we say and what we read and what we consume. I want younger generations to look at us and have a moral standard based on how we lived our lives. I think if we think of our great-grandparents, any of us in the room, we, we think of someone with hard work ethic, integrity, simple-minded. The list goes on and on and on. And recent polls have said that the younger generations right now don't think they have a mentor to look up to, someone that's of integrity. They're putting their value in the celebrity that's going to fail. They're putting their value in how many likes they get on TikTok, how many fake followers they have on Instagram, because they don't have anybody to look up to. But I think we get to change that. As we pursue integrity, the ripple effect will be outstanding. As Christians, people expect a lot of us. It's our duty, though, to strive to look like Jesus. We're called to a different mission, ladies. We're different than our friends that don't know Jesus Christ. Our standard of integrity should align with biblical standards and what Jesus would expect us to have in our interactions and in our business plays. 